0: You know, I'm betting today there won't be any news from the Amazon Synod, or any news that's so stupid and painful that I have to comment on it. (laughs) Wait, what's this? Headline: The Catholic Case for Communism. In America Magazine, no less. (sighs) Alright, what are the Society of Judas up to now? Alright, let's have a look at this article because it's gone viral, which means we pretty much have to look at it. But let's explain something first. Communism is the end stage of socialism. Communists believe, and mostly still do, in a sort of story to history, that there is a story or logic to the flow of history. First, you had a monarchical rule of the world that followed the tribal rule. Then the age of empires. Then the age of capitalism, which will give way to the age of socialism, where every human being on the planet will be slowly socialized into getting along with each other. And then finally, conflict and competition will cease, and the need for government will will end and the age of communism will come upon us which will have no governments as everyone will live in harmony with each other and we'll all live happily ever after in a godless society the end and i say it that way because the communist ideal is a joke of a fairy tale but communism keeps popping its ugly head periodically like in articles like this one from someone calling themselves dean detloff first let's take a look at mr detloff Judging from his online presence, the man is firmly what some of us call a left-cath, or a leftist who calls himself a Catholic. There's a whole crowd of these guys out there, and they often get love and a boost from guys like Adrian Vermeule and others in the Catholic establishment and in Catholic media. The author is a guy who's a doctoral candidate at some place calling itself the Institute of Christian Studies, based out of Toronto. From his own WordPress page, he describes himself in this academic-jargon-filled way. Quote, Broadly, my interests are at the intersections of media theory, leftist politics, and the philosophy of religion in an attempt to grapple with the duality of oppression and liberation as they appear in Western Christianities, which my dissertation explores by taking Sloterdijk's notion of religion as a technology seriously. Troubled by the historical and political legacy of the Christian complicity in and maintenance of oppressive oppressive projects like colonialism, white supremacy, and global capitalism, sorry, especially as articulated by anthropologists like Talal asad and Sava Mahmoud, religion scholars like. Gil Andihar and philosophers like Jacques Derrida, I tried to uncover the logistics of Christian anthropotechnologies with a critical eye. At the same time, inspired by the liberating and revolutionary power of Christianity, articulated in a number of liberation theologies and movements, I try to find what tools that go under the name of Christianity that might be retooled or rediscovered, end quote. Sorry for laughing, but that used so much leftist jargon, it's ridiculous. And I'm not sure who this Peter Slaughterjik philosopher is, but a quick bit of research shows that the guy was a hard leftist, which isn't surprising. He proposed the theory that man and machine would eventually be fused into one, although from a negative way, which is practically the definition of early-stage transhumanism, which is profoundly anti-Catholic ideology. Alright, so the guy loves an anti-Catholic philosopher, even if that writer never said one word explicitly about the church. You can be an anti-Catholic without ever actually talking about Catholicism. Alright, but this guy seems to be sort of a negative transhumanist in that he believes that technology inframes us, by which I think he means that it imprisons us or enslaves us. I can see where he's coming from, but that take misses the point. But I'm not going to dive it down this soupage rabbit hole and instead focus on the article. It's enough to know that the author is a self-described Catholic with a love for fringe philosophy that promotes communism in some form, and his social media posts absolutely reflect reflect the guy's love for communism. Mr. Detloff begins his article with a giant red flag, so to speak, a quote from Dorothy Day. It is when communists are good that they are dangerous. Okay, first and foremost, communists are not good. The Catholic Church has condemned communism so, to- so many times that to adhere to its twisted ideolo- ideology is to put yourself outside the church. At the start of this video, I pointed out that communism is merely end-stage sociali- socialism. So it's worth taking a side step here to perhaps the most famous anti-socialist and anti-communist quote from the Preconciliar Popes, which comes to us from Pope Pius XI by way of his encyclical Quadragesimo Anno. Quote, Socialism is based, nevertheless, on a theory of human society peculiar to itself and irreconcilable with true Christianity. Religious socialism, Christian socialism are contradictory terms. No one can be at the same time a good Catholic and a true socialist. As an aside, in a couple of weeks I should have Quadrigesimo Anno finished and recorded for this channel. And those who support the channel through Patreon or Subscribestar will have first access to it. Of all the encyclicals out there, this might be the most requested one for the simple fact that it combats the errors of the, of the, that the late pre- Preconciliar Church and the errors we see in the church today, represented clearly by Mr. Detloff's article. But let's look at the article itself and its premise. Let's start with a quote from the article. From the start of it, actually, right after that Dorothy Day quote. Quote, Communists are attracted to communism by their good goodness, Dor- Day argued, the unerasable unre- quality of the good that can be found within and outside the church alike. <laughs> wow. Woven into our very nature. It might have been an easier thing to say back in 1933 when American communists were well known to the general public for putting their lives on the line to support striking workers, but it was also the kind of thing that could land you in a lot of trouble, not least in the Catholic Church. By affirming the goodness that drives so many communists then and now, Day aimed to soften the perception of Catholics who were more comfortable with their with villainous caricatures of the of communists of their era than with more challenging depictions of them as laborers for peace and economic justice. Most people who join communist parties and movements, Day rightly noted, are motivated not by some deep hatred toward God or frothing anti theism, but by an inspiration by an aspiration for a world liberated from a political economy that demands vast exploitation of the many for the comfort of a few. End quote. All right, so let's look at a basic claim. Communists are good because they fight for a variety of social justice buzzwords. Look, I think this article already has some value. It illustrates that what we see in the secular culture, this obsession with social justice, is a hard leftist ideology that no Catholic should be part of. This despite the fact that the concept of social justice was actually invented by the Catholic Church and then stolen by socialists and flipped on its head. I should do a video on the Catholic origins of social justice, because that's actually central to my academic research itself, and why anyone who says that there is no such thing as social justice is actually incorrect, and what truly Catholic social justice looks like. Hint, it doesn't look like what this author would say, or what the social justice types of today would say either. But let's continue with this heretical article. The author rejects Dorothy Day's ultimate rejection of communism as an error and himself immediately engages in the tried-and-true method of propaganda of the communists by pointing out that the Bible shows that the apostles lived in a commune and shared all their worldly goods. Yeah, he went there, even though it's been widely either debunked or just corrected. The thing these people always overlook is that the apostles were, one, infused with the Holy Ghost in a way that few, if any, are today, two, had given up all worldly goods to follow our Lord Jesus Christ, and three, were the apostles— the saints by which all other saints modeled their lives after. So if we were to take this claim in isolation, then communism is a system that you must be a saint to live under and make functional. Alright, I can agree with that. Anyway, continuing with this dumpster fire. The author makes his point by pointing out that the communist infiltration of the church is real and that it's a good thing, <laughs> pointing to a number of self-admitted communists in the clergy, or those influenced by them, as evidence for how compatible the faith is with communism. Giving us this quote from his own life: quote, "For my part, I have talked more about Carl Karl Rahner, S.J., Saint Oscar Romero, and liberation theology at May Day celebrations and communist meetings than at my own Catholic parish." End quote. First, if you're bragging about being a Catholic and not t- talking much at your parish. While being an activist and simultaneously bragging about promoting heterodox teachers like Karl Rahner and participating in May Day celebrations, seek help. You need it. Second, by citing known communists who have infiltrated the church and are currently operating in the church, you just prove the point that many of us have been making all along. The crisis in the church today is due to those who hold to anti-Catholic philosophies and beliefs being embedded in the church. I could go on and on about this. But we'll take one more look at this article before going over the basic reasons that Pius the the XI and others condemned communism and socialism in the church. The author goes on to regurgitate the typical communist screeds against wealth and income inequality, which is how Catholics often get roped into this satanic ideology. Catholics are to have a concern for the poor, and that concern often gets distorted by trying to find the material source of poverty and fixing the problem as they see it. I'm going to say something radical here. Poverty isn't a problem extreme poverty that leads to homelessness starvation and disease is a problem but inequality is normal and yes biblical we're told by christ that we'll always have the poor with us while at the same time being told that we're to care for the poor and that the four poor are favored by god preferentially see christ's commentary about the ease by which the rich enter the kingdom of heaven, heaven as just one illustration of this but the author's reliance of tired stats about inequality that leads to him praising modern democratic socialists like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Bernie Sanders, and others while repeating critiques of major en vogue corporations like Amazon and Tesla is revealing. It's revealing because he first makes the claim that communists don't want your small private property like your dad's tie collection or whatnot, while then quoting Catholic social teaching, which actually, in reality, defends private property by calling it a sacred good but one that is subordinate to the, co- to the common good. Here is the heart of his error. for the, the, He first dodges the fact that every single communist regime has taken the private property of the people in every state they've come to power in. The church uses the definition of private property that has been the definition since time immemorial. Private property is productive property, wealth-generating property, like land, factories, shops, and even homes. That's private property, or as we might say today, real property, versus the more or less inconsequential property of stuff, like household goods that our little communist here seems to want to reassure us that the communists don't want to take away from us. But they do want to take your real property away. In the end, the author exhortates capitalism for being a violent system. I'm no fan of capitalism either, but to call it a violent system is to illustrate another core problem of his article. Capitalism is a tool, like anything else. The author's obsession with the communists and cap- with communism and capitalism is really an obsession with materialism. Where he sees communism as a solution, he fails to understand that the core of the problem of the Western world, its true cancer, is godlessness and its turning away from the church and from the gospel. In that same way, the cancer in the church we, that we see is a similar problem, exemplified by globe-trotting popes. Who preach now a false gospel of materialism when they spend more time on climate change, open borders, and advocating for quasi-socialist policies than they do on the message of Christ. And they, like Mr. Detloff, do so by conflating the gospel with their materialist religion by using the example of the apostles in the book of Acts and a few quotes from Christ inappropriately. Don't get taken in by these people, and don't let your younger relatives get taken in by these people. To be sure, there are economic issues of real Catholic social justice that must be addressed, but communism isn't the means for addressing these problems. It's the means for exacerbating them. As history has shown time and time again, if there is any ideology more perfect for enshrining a godless oligarchy into a permanent and oppressive position of power than communism, I haven't seen it and neither has the church. For in Quadrigasimo Anno and in other places, the popes of old condemned the types of capitalism we see on display today, but not capitalism itself, which socialism and communism in all its forms is formally condemned. You can't be a good Christian and adhere to this ideology that has somehow consistently led to the slaughter of Christians in every state it's been tried. The heretics who believe in Christian communism don't understand that, which makes them some of the most dangerous zealots out there. But in a good sign, the comments on the American Magazine online article virtually all shred the article and point out just how much error the co- the author is in, which is refreshing for once. So, despite this article being absolute cancer and uh, and uncreative typical drivel coming from the left-caths, take it as a good sign that the, re- the reaction has been all but universally negative. For that reason, we should be thankful, and we should be thankful that we now can identify another heretic in our midst. For Return to Tradition, I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.